0: All right, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with David Avocado-Wolf, and we're here today talking about the mysterious blue pigment of phycocyanin. So David, this is something that you hammered home at our most recent Women's Wellness Conference. I'm sure it's something that you're going to be talking about in the future at our next Longevity Now conference. But for people listening now, let's talk about this very interesting and unique pigment. Let's look at the backstory of it, and let's then hone in on where we can utilize this pigment for our health. Fantastic. Phycocyanin comes into
1: being as an accessory pigment to chlorophyll. So it helps chlorophyll do its job, and it's possible that it does some energy production work itself. There's more evidence that's indicating that it itself is a light harvesting compound, which means it can convert light into usable energy for blue-green algae. That's where it's found. The most common blue-green algaes that contain phycocyanin are spirulina and AFA blue-green algae. Phycocyanin falls into a category of water-soluble phycobiliproteins, and it's perhaps the greatest of all of them. It has a jeweled structure. It's very interesting in its structure. It's very organized. It's very symmetrical. It looks like a crown. I mean, it's just got this most incredible conjugation of bonds that, that deliver that really incredible and glorious blue color. Phycocyanin is a powerful antioxidant that is heavily researched um, for anti-inflammatory properties. And there's various different models of inflammation where phycocyanin has reduced or prevented different symptomologies. And it's generally considered one of the best joint foods of all. It has an ubiquitous effect, and this has been correlated to its, its similarity in the role of what it does in your body to bilirubin. So bilirubin is a liver compound that is a breakdown product of blood actually it's a pigment it's yellow that basically helps your all every organ stay in a homeostasis to not go too far this way or too far that way phycocyanin can do all of those jobs better than bilirubin now bilirubin you produce naturally by yourself in your liver Phycocyanin is something you can ingest. And I like the fractionated, separated phycocyanin that's been removed from spirulina because I get a little bit more of that blue effect than I would from spirulina. It's prevalent in spirulina. And it can even be the latest research indicates that some spirulinas may even be 20% phycocyanin by dry matter weight. The old number was 15%, but the later research has now shown even up to 20%. So there's quite a bit of this stuff that's present in spirulina. And if you remove the rest of the spirulina, it's even a higher percentage, obviously.
0: And Dave, where traditionally did people have access to this particular pigment? Is it something that people living in a local area where they can access food that has phycocyanin would need it more than others? Now that we're living in the internet age where you can sort of go online and purchase phycocyanin anywhere, what's the sort of appropriate use for phycocyanin for people living in various parts of the world?
1: Now, spirulinas grow in basically desert environments. So where you have salty brackish water, for example, in Mexico or the interior of Africa, you will have spirulina organisms growing in the water there. And in Mexico, spirulina in the great Valley of the Aztecs, Tenochtitlan, present-day Mexico City, when it had a higher water table, they grew spirulina there and dried them on rocks and ate that with cacao for 1,000 years. I mean, it's that that part of the culture. So spirulinas have been present in very great civilizations historically, and therefore people were ingesting phycocyanin and it was a part of their diet. Because today we're dealing with so many age-related problems, joint issues, kidneys going out of balance, um, heart regulatory issues, that kind of a thing, we need a super regulator. And so I feel that that's where phycocyanin is really coming in. It's it's basically, it helps to your body to modulate that balance. Like Billy Rubin does, and it's even stronger.
0: And so obviously your interest in spirulina has gone up as well since discovering this particular pigment.
1: It's it's definitely up my interest in spirulina. And it's also up my interest in AFA blue-green algae from Klamath Lake in Oregon and California. Now, Klamath Lake contains a wild blue green algae that has quite a high amount of phycocyanin it's it's up there you know 15% or so just like you see in spirulina and this is you know one of the major factors of why AFA blue green algae in my opinion is one of the great superfoods of the present and of the future because phycocyanin is so gentle it's it's water soluble so bioavailable so easy and here's a wild food source of it that goes back thousands of years of human use of eating that algae and it's it's the difference between spirulina and AFA blue green algae is that AFA is more wild. It's a wild food whereas spirulina is usually domesticated. So you, there's a difference in an energetic property there, but they're both extremely rich sources of phycocyanin and so they both have their role. AFA blue green algae more of a winter thing, cold weather thing.
0: Spirulina more summer, it's more cooling energy. And for creating blended drinks with phycocyanin at the event, you created a pretty awesome elixir with our phycocyanin extract powder. Let's talk about that that phycocyanin in a blended drink, specifically in NutriBlast. What are some of the key ways that you find that you get that in, and what do you mix it with? Because I know a lot of your alchemy with food colors has to do with stacking different colors and pigments together. What are some of the things that you can combine with phycocyanin to make it alchemically a really potent potent drink. How do you increase the absorption? How do you increase the efficacy of the other pigments as well? Great. I'd like to just consume phycocyanin with coconut water. That's
1: probably my favorite actually of all. I will also put it into all different kinds of chocolate recipes. So the chocolate phycocyanin connection is is very very ancient. It goes all the way back to ancient Mexico thousands of years. And so that's a that's an alchemy I like to play with. So it's it was originally of course chocolate and spirulina, but now we can go a little bit further. Because we've got that ability to separate, you know, the protonaceous fraction of the spirulina and just kind of isolate that pigment. So that's kind of a nice combination. So phycocyanin chocolates, I really like. Plus chocolate as a delivery vehicle is unmatched. It's always nice to have chocolate as a delivery vehicle for anything. And phycocyanin is, of course, you know, the best of the best. So what a great natural combination. And I've done that both as chocolate bars. And as drinks. So just your normal chocolate drink, maybe a shaga mushroom underneath. So we're getting the black. Then we've got cacao going in. So we've got purple, brown and black. Those are the cacao colors. And then, you know, maybe a little bit of honey, which is going to give you the yellow. Maybe we'll do a little bit of browns, maybe an almond butter or something like that. And then you blend that with it again, the shaga tea with that phycocyanin in it. And then we've got a nice array of all those deep nourishing colors. Purple, blue, brown, black. Love that combination.